Proverbs. So continuing on in our lesson on the history of Israel, today we're going to be dealing with their Messiah come. Um, so we're going to be looking at the life of Jesus and how it was prophesied. Uh, if you turn to Isaiah 9, 6 through 7, you have in the prophets prophecies of a Messiah to come. Isaiah 9, 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it, and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So you have a prophecy here of a child to come, right? One to us, a child is born, a son is given, right? And it gives you his titles. Uh, it would be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, right? And of his kingdom and government, there will be no end. He will establish judgment and justice forever. So that is a prophecy of the Messiah to come, right? To sit on the throne of Israel uh, to judge it forever. Right, to establish it in judgment, justice, and peace. Uh, Deuteronomy 18, verse 17 through 19, it says, The Lord said unto me, uh, They have well spoken that which they have spoken. I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren, like unto thee, and will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. It shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto my words, which he shall speak, in my name I will require it of him. Uh, and so that prophecy of a prophet among the brethren likened to Moses. Right? This was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Uh, and so Daniel 9, it gives you the timeline for when the Messiah would come. So we were dealing, been dealing with the prophets uh, the last couple of weeks, giving you the timeline of when those prophets were written uh, during the kings. Alright, so second, uh, first Kings, Second Kings, Second Chronicles, those kings that it talks about in those chapters, you have to remember that Isaiah, uh, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, uh, some of those prophets were written during those kings. And then you had a few that were written after their captivity, um, such as uh, Haggai and Zechariah that we talked about last week, right? And those are uh, corresponding with Ezra and Nehemiah, uh, where they're rebuilding the temple. Uh, and the city of Jerusalem. And so Daniel is a prophet when they have been taken into captivity. Okay, he was taken into the Babylonian captivity. Uh, and in Daniel 9, verse 25 through 27, it says, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem, Unto the Messiah, the prince, shall be seven weeks, and threescore and two weeks. The street shall be built again, and the wall, even in troublous times. And after threescore and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince shall come, shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. And the end thereof that shall be with the flood, and unto the end of war desolations are determined. 
And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, and in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation, and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. And so this gives you the key or a timeline to when the Messiah would come. Uh, in this chapter, Daniel is praying. Uh, it says he understood, in verse 2, uh, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Uh, so we'll look at that uh, in a little bit. But in Jeremiah, it talks about, uh, in Jeremiah 25, I think it's 11 and 12, Jeremiah prophesied that they would be in Babylonian captivity for 70 years. So Daniel understands that, and in this prayer, he's praying to God for the forgiveness of the nation, right, and the restoration restoration of the nation. And so an angel comes to him and explains to him uh, about the restoring of Israel, right? So that's what's going on here. Uh, and so to get this, uh, you see in verse 25, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem uh, unto the Messiah, the Prince, shall be seven weeks. Uh, and so that seven weeks is how long it would take for them to restore and to rebuild Jerusalem. Uh, back in Nehemiah 2, so this is before the book of Nehemiah, that Daniel wrote this, or the events in Daniel. Nehemiah 2, 4 through 6, it says, The king said unto me, For what dost thou make request? So I prayed to the God of heaven, and I said unto the king, If it please the king, and if thy servant have found favor in thy sight, that thou wouldest send me unto Judah, unto the city of my father's sepulchres, that I may build it. And the king said unto me, The queen also sitting by him, For how long shall thy journey be? And when wilt thou return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I set him a time. Moreover, I said unto the king, If it please the king, let letters be given me to the governors beyond the river, that they may convey me over till I come into Judah. Uh, and a letter unto Asaph, and so the king gives him a commandment to go rebuild the city. Uh, so that would be the beginning of this timeline. Um, and so the seven weeks is the rebuilding of the city. At the end of Nehemiah, Nehemiah 12, 27, they dedicate the city and the temple to God, right? Their building of it is complete. Uh, and so you have to understand the seven weeks are uh, seven sevens, so meaning seven weeks of years, or seven sevens of years. So that would be seven times seven to get 49 years. Okay, so the rebuilding of the city of Jerusalem was 49 years. Uh, and so it says, and after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off. Uh, so three score, that's 60, and two weeks, uh, that would be 62 weeks, or 62 sevens, which equals 434 years. Okay, so from the time the city of Jerusalem was built again in Nehemiah to the Messiah being cut off was 434 years. Uh, and of course, that Messiah being cut off is this prophecy of Jesus' death. Okay, uh, that's what the cut off is. And then after that happens, you see in uh, verse 27, he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. That's talking about the Antichrist and the, uh, the one week or the seven years of tribulation. Uh, so that one week is seven years. Okay, in Matthew 24, 21, it talks about the great tribulation to come, right, in the end times, right? Um, so that's what it's referring to, that seven-year tribulation. Uh, so the weeks equal seven years, so you have 70 times seven here, which equals 400, 
and 90. Okay, 490 years. And so I put there 483 years from Nehemiah until Jesus came. It's really Nehemiah until Jesus was cut off. Uh, but they had a time frame there. They could know that it was going to be 483 years until the Messiah would cut off. Uh, they knew that the Messiah would come around 400 years, right? 450 years, depending on how old he is when he's cut off. Uh, so it gives you that timeline for when the Messiah would come, right? It's what he's given to uh, Daniel here. Uh, so people talk about a 400-year gap from Malachi to John the Baptist, right? It was a silent gap from the Lord. Uh, but Israel should have and could have known that Messiah was going to come back somewhere in that time frame, right? Because of this prophecy. Uh, in this timeline given to Daniel. Um, so we'll probably come back to this prophecy a while later in our study because 490 years has come and gone. Right? And the Great Tribulation hasn't happened yet. Um, so that's what you have left in prophecy is that one week. Right? That one week of uh, tribulation. Right? Everything else here has already happened. The city was rebuilt back there in Nehemiah. The Messiah came and was cut off. That one week of the desolations has not happened yet. Um, and there's a reason for that that we'll uh, cover later on in this series. Uh, and so that is a prophecy, or some of the prophecies that talk about the Messiah coming, or even gives the timeline there of when he would come. Uh, Jesus' life, though, what I want to go through today is just to show Jesus came to fulfill prophecy. Because we talked about rightly dividing mystery from prophecy, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John do not deal with the mystery. They do not deal with the body of Christ. They are part of your Old Testament. Uh, Hebrew says the New Testament doesn't start until the death of a testator. Right? That doesn't happen until the end of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Right? And we're not even under the New Covenant. Right? Um, but the New Covenant couldn't even start until after Christ died. Right? So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are Old Testament books. They're under the Old Covenant. Uh, Jesus came to fulfill prophecy. You look at Luke 24, 44. It says, He said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. So Jesus' life fulfilled things in the law, it fulfilled things in the prophets, and it fulfilled things in the Psalms. Right? His life fulfilled things written in the Old Testament. Right? That's 39 books to the nation of Israel. Right? The Old Testament deals with prophecy. It deals with the kingdom. It deals with the law. It deals with uh, the nation of Israel. So Jesus came to fulfill that. Okay? He didn't come to reveal the mystery. Um, as some people like to believe, Jesus came to establish the church, is what people teach. It's not what Jesus himself says. He says, I came to fulfill the things written in the law of Moses, in the prophets, and in the Psalms concerning me. Uh, so that's what we're going to be looking at today. Matthew 5.17. Jesus tells him, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. So he tells them early in his ministry what he's come to do. He's come to fulfill the law and the prophets. All right, Luke 24 that we just read is at the end. He says, I told you, these are the words I spake to you that I had to fulfill all these things to fulfill the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms, and what they said about me. Uh, and so you have many prophecies fulfilled by Jesus proving he was the Christ, right? proving he was the one the prophets spake of. 
uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see the phrases, as it is written, or that it might be fulfilled, pop up a lot, right? Because it'll show you something that happened uh, that Jesus did, or that Jesus said, or that happened to Jesus, and it says, this happened, that it might be fulfilled, what the prophet said back there. So it's telling you the prophecies that he's fulfilling as you read through the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, so we're going to look at several of those. Uh, one is a messenger comes before him. Right, so this was prophesied in the Old Testament, Isaiah 40, verse 3. It says, The voice of him that cried in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Malachi 3, verse 1. Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. Right, so you have a messenger that comes to prepare the way of the Lord. Luke 1, 76. John the Baptist's dad, Zechariah, prophesies about his son. Here in Luke 176. It says, And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways. Right? And so Isaiah Malachi talks about a messenger coming to prepare the way of the Lord. Zechariah talks about his son, John, and says, You're going to be the prophet of the highest. You're going to prepare his ways. Matthew 3, 1 through 3. It says, In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, which is Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Right, so it tells you John was there to fulfill that prophecy of Isaiah 40, verse 3. Jesus himself in Matthew 11, verse 7 through 10, Says, as they departed, Jesus began to say unto them, Multitude concerning John, what went you out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken with the wind? But what went you out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they that wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what went you out for to see? A prophet? Yeah, I say unto you, and more than a prophet, for this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, who shall prepare thy way before thee. So Jesus himself says John was that prophet right, that fulfilled the prophecy in Isaiah 43 and Malachi 3.1. John was the messenger to prepare the way of the Lord. Um, and so you had that messenger before him that was prophesied. Jesus' lineage was prophesied. So his lineage of the line that he would be born from was prophesied. Uh, 2 Samuel 7.12 God speaking to Dan, uh, David says, When thy days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my, for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Right, so you see there, 
from the bowels of David, a king would be on the throne forever. Okay. Psalms 132.11. The Lord has sworn in truth unto David, he will not turn from it. Of the fruit of thy body will I set upon thy throne. Right, so the fruit of thy body, talking about his seed, right, his uh, generations after him, would he set upon the throne. Jeremiah 23, 5. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. So you can make connections from what we read in Isaiah 9, 6 or 7 about a child being born that will execute judgment and justice on the throne. And here it talks about a branch uh, of the seed of David, uh, a king that shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. Right, so that seed of David is the one that's going to sit on the throne to execute judgment and justice on the earth. So you get to Matthew 1.1, 1, 1, and it gives you the lineage of Jesus. And it starts with the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Right, so it tells you that he is the son of David, the son of Abraham. And so you read the chapter, it starts from Abraham and goes all the way to uh, Joseph, um, and then to Jesus. Right? And so some people would argue, well, Joseph wasn't really the father of Jesus. Uh, but you have Luke 3, 23-31, which gives you Mary's lineage, and also shows that she, down the line, was of the seed of David. So either way, whether you say through Joseph or through Mary, Jesus was born of the seed of David. says Jesus himself began to be about 30 years of age being as was supposed right because he really wasn't the son of Joseph he was the son of the Holy Ghost uh, the son of Joseph which was the son of Heli and so this defers from Matthew where uh, Joseph was the son of Jacob I believe it says uh, this is because it's giving you um, as it was supposed the son of Joseph which was the son of Heli okay which is Mary's father which was the son of Matthew which was the son of Levi, which was the son of Melchi, and so on and so forth. Uh, chapter 31, which was the son of Malia, which was the son of Menon, which was the son of Matatha, which was the son of Nathan, which was the son of David. Okay, so you see how through Mary's lineage and through Joseph's lineage, it both connects back to David. Right, so Joseph, uh, Jesus' lineage was prophesied, right? And he fulfilled that in his birth, being a son of David, being of the lineage of David. The place where he was born was prophesied. So imagine being prophesied the city wherein you were born. Micah 5.2 And this again, this just shows you that Jesus is the Christ. Because how can you, not being born yet, decide where you're going to be born? If you're not God, right? You're not even in existence yet as a human. Uh, but of course, Jesus Christ is eternal, being God himself. It says, But thou Bethlehem Ephrata, thou, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be a ruler in Israel, whose going forth have been from of old, from everlasting. 
right? So you see, he that will be ruler in Israel uh, have been from of old, from everlasting. Right? It's talking about the Messiah. It's talking about Christ coming. Uh, he's going to come out of Bethlehem, Ephrata, which is Bethlehem. You look at 1 Samuel 17, 58. Uh, the part of the reason he's going to come from Bethlehem is because that was David's city. That's where David was born. Uh, it says, And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled. Or that's the wrong verse. 2 Samuel 17.58 says, Saul said to him, Whose son art thou, thou young man? And David answered, I am the son of thy servant Jesse, the Bethlehemite. Alright, so David was a Bethlehemite. Look at chapter 20, verse 6. It says, If thy father that all miss me, then say, David earnestly asked leave of me that he might run to Bethlehem, his city. Alright, for there is a yearly sacrifice there for all the family. So Bethlehem was David's city. Uh, Isaiah 11, 1. It says, There shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Right, Jesse being David's father, right, being a Bethlehemite. Right, so there's prophecies of where Jesus would be born, the city, and in Luke 2, verse 4, it's fulfilled. Because it says this taxing was first uh, made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. Uh, so you see they're going into their own city. And Joseph, who was of the lineage of David, went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. So the very city that Jesus was born in was prophesied, right? That he would be born in Bethlehem, being of the lineage of David. Uh, Jesus' mother was prophesied, Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Matthew 1, 21 through 25, it's fulfilled. It says, You shall bring forth a son, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and called his name Jesus. So you see there that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, and then it quotes Isaiah 7, 14. So his lineage was prophesied, his place of birth, his virgin mother. Uh, it's even prophesied that he would go into Egypt as a child. Right? So the events surrounding Herod wanting to kill Jesus when he was young, uh, this was prophesied. We look at Numbers 24, 7 through 8. It says, He shall pour the water out of his buckets, and his seed shall be in many waters, and his king shall be higher than Agag, and his kingdom shall be exalted. God brought him forth out of Egypt. He hath, as it were, the strength of a unicorn. 
He shall eat up the nations, his enemies, and shall break their bones and pierce him through with his arrows. So you see there, God brought him forth out of Egypt. Hosea 11.1 1. child, then I loved him, and called my son out of Egypt. Okay, so you see there, called my son out of Egypt. Some would say, well, that's just talking about Israel, and calling them out of Egypt. But it is also a prophecy of Jesus. Jeremiah 31, 15. Thus saith the Lord, a voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitter weeping. Rahel, weeping for her children, refused to be comforted for her children because they were not. And so this is a prophecy of the events that surround Herod killing the child, or the children that were two years or older when he was trying to kill uh, Jesus. Uh, you see this in Matthew 2, verse 13 through 18. It says, When they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. So you see there it was fulfilled in this event. Out of Egypt have I called my son. It says, Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked with the wise men, was exceeding raw, and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coasts thereof for two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, In Ramah was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping, and great mourning, Rachel weeping with her children, and would not be comforted because they are not. All right, so that's that verse there in uh, Jeremiah 31.15 about Ramah. Uh, so you see these events were prophesied. Right, of them going into Egypt being called out uh, and Ramah being in lamentation. Okay. Uh, his baptism was prophesied. Psalms 2.7 As I would declare the decree, the Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. So thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Isaiah 11, 2. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, and the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And then Isaiah 42.1. Behold my servant whom I uphold, mine elect, in whom my soul delighteth, I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to Gentiles. Matthew 3.13-17. When Jesus is baptized, it says, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me. And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. 
And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. All right, so you have those prophecies about the Spirit coming upon this uh, branch of David, right, the seed of David, and the Spirit being upon him. When Jesus is baptized, the Spirit descends like a dove upon him, uh, fulfilling those prophecies. Uh, his miracles and healings are prophesied. Uh, Isaiah 53, 4, it says, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Right? He bore their griefs and carried their sorrows. Matthew 8, 16 through 17. It says, when the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word, and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Right, so griefs and sorrows uh, are the same as their infirmities, right, and their sicknesses. So his healings were a fulfillment of that prophecy there in Isaiah 53, 4. Uh, Matthew 9, 10 through 13. It says, It came to pass, as Jesus sat at meat in the house, behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, Why eat if your master with publicans and sinners? But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go you and learn what that meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am come to call the righteous, uh, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repent. Right, so he was prophesied that he would bear their griefs, their sorrows, right, their infirmities, their sickness, and that's what he's telling them here. The whole don't need me. They don't need the physician. It's the sick. Uh, and that phrase, I will have mercy and not sacrifice, is a quote from prophecy. In Hosea 6.6, 6, it says, For I desired mercy and not sacrifice, in the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. Uh, and so you see Jesus quoting prophecy there. Uh, where he traveled was prophesied. So think about just places that he would walk, or steps he would take uh, being prophesied. Isaiah 9, 1 through 2 says, Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation, and at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan and Galilee of the nations. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shine. Uh, so you see those cities there. In Matthew 4, 12 through 16. It says, Now when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed from Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the seacoast in the borders of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, uh, the people which sat in darkness saw great light, and to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. Uh, and so you see there Jesus going through those cities is the fulfillment of Isaiah 9, 1 through 2. Right, where the people saw a great light in those cities. 
Uh, and so a prophecy of just Jesus going to certain cities uh, was prophesied, and he fulfilled that. Zechariah 9.9. 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, and shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass, and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. All right, so riding upon a colt, riding an ass. Uh, Matthew 21, 2 through 7, is the fulfillment of that. Verse 1, when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethage unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway you shall find an ass tied in a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man say all unto you, you shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. Unto thee, meek, and sitting upon an ass, and a colt, the foal of an ass. And disciples went and did as Jesus commanded, and brought the ass and the colt, and put him thereon, uh, put on them their clothes, and they set him thereon. Uh, so that prophecy is fulfilled there just by riding on the colt's ass, right, into the city of Jerusalem. Right? It was prophesied back there in Zechariah. Uh, the fact that he would speak in parables, right, and teach in parables, that was prophesied. In Psalm 78, verse 2. Says, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. So you have there, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. Matthew 13, 34 through 35. All these things spake Jesus unto the multitude in parables, and without a parable spake he not unto them, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. Uh, so you have there the prophecy fulfilled in Isaiah, uh, in Psalm 78, verse 2. Not only the fact that he would speak and teach in parables, that was prophesied, but also the reason why and the response of the hearers, right? those that heard the parables, uh, their response was also prophesied. In Isaiah 6, 9 through 10, it says, He said, Go and tell this people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not, and see ye indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of this people fat, and make their ears heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart and convert and be healed. Matthew 13, 13-15 says, Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand, and in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing you shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see and shall not perceive, for this people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing. And their eyes have they closed, and so any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. Right, so, we're speaking of parables, but not only that, uh, the response of the hearers, right, and the reason for that was prophesied. 
so those are just a few of the prophecies. Okay, there's many, many more that Jesus fulfilled, uh, but we don't have time to go through them all. Uh, but this is proof, right, that your Bible is real, that Jesus is real, that he was the Christ, that he is God, uh, because it's not like we're just quoting prophecy from the book of Isaiah. Right? We're quoting from one book. Well, what if Isaiah wrote the book of Isaiah and the book of Matthew? Right? He could go with what he wrote on. But we're quoting from Isaiah, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Jeremiah, Psalms, um, all the Old Testament books really prophesy about Jesus. First Samuel, about the seed being on the throne of David. It's the whole Old Testament, right? which was written over thousands of years. Uh, hundreds of years, and so many different writers. Okay, so how would you collaborate all those people together when they're not even alive at the same time to write this book and then have it come to pass in the New Testament books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Uh, and so you have this evidence of one your Bible being real, but also proving that Jesus was who he said he was, right? that he was the Christ uh, because he fulfilled all these prophecies. Uh, not only was his life prophesied, and he came to fulfill these things in his life, but his death was prophesied. And not just his death, but specific details about his death and events surrounding it. Um, just the fact that he would die was prophesied in Isaiah 53. Verse 5, it says, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. So he was wounded, he was bruised. Um, verse 11, He shall see of the travail of his soul, and shall be satisfied by his knowledge. Uh, shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Um, verse 9, And he made his grave with the wicked, and with the rich, uh, rich in his death, uh, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. All right, so it talks about his wounding, his bruising, his travail, and his grave in death. Right, so that's prophecy of the death of the Messiah. Uh, we already read Daniel 9, 26, where it's giving you the timeline of the Messiah being cut off, right, which is speaking to the death of the Messiah, right, being cut off. Uh, and so you have some details surrounding his crucifixion that were prophesied, uh, which again show that he was who he said he was in proof of your Bible. Uh, the fact that he would be betrayed by a friend in Psalms 41.9. It says, Yea, mine own familiar friend, in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. This is fulfilled in John 13. Verse 18 and 20. It says, I speak not of you all, I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled, he that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his hill against me. Right, so he quotes the very scripture that we just read. Uh, verse 21, when Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. Right, so one of his own disciples, one of the twelve, right, one of his friends, uh, would lift up their hill against him. Not only was it prophesied that it would be a friend that would betray him, but the very price for which he would betray him for in Zechariah eleven twelve.
says, And I said unto them, If ye think good, give me my price, and if not, forbear. So they weighed for my price 30 pieces of silver. They see here, 30 pieces of silver for his price. Matthew 26, verse 14 through 16. says, Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief priests and said unto them, uh, What will you give me? And I will deliver him unto you. And they covenanted with him for thirty pieces of silver. And for that time he sought opportunity to betray him. All right, so it was prophesied for thirty pieces of silver, Jesus would be betrayed. Um, the disciples being scattered when he was taken. This was prophesied in Zechariah thirteen seventeen. Or 13.7. Uh, it says, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, and against the man that is my fellow, saith the Lord of hosts. Smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered, and I will turn my hand upon the little one. So you see there, smite the shepherd, the sheep will be scattered. Matthew 26, verse 54 through 56. Uh, it says, But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled, that thus it must be? In that same hour said Jesus to multitudes, Are you come out? Um, as against a thief with swords and staffs, for to take me, I sat daily with you, teaching in the temple, and ye laid no hold of me. But all this was done, that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. Uh, in Mark fourteen twenty seven says, And Jesus said unto them, saith unto them, All this ye shall be offended, all ye shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written. I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. All right, so Jesus quoted it to his disciples, and then in Matthew you see it happening. All right, Jesus is taken, he's taken into captivity, and his disciples are scattered right, for fear of their lives. Um, and then you have the events on or surrounding the crucifixion that were prophesied. Uh, I just have ten here, there's more than that. Uh, he was numbered with the transgressors. This was prophesied in Isaiah 53, verse 12. Uh, therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death. He was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. So you see there, he was numbered with the transgressors. Mark fifteen twenty Verse 27, with him they crucified two thieves, the one on his right hand, the other on his left. And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, he was numbered with the transgressors. That's so quotes the scripture that was fulfilled there. Psalms 22, 8. They cast lots for his garments. This was uh, prophesied. Because he trusted in the Lord... Eighteen. It says, They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. Right, so parting the garments and casting lots for them. John 19, verse 23 
says, Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to every soldier apart, and also his coat. Now the coat was without seam, uh, woven from the top throughout. They said, Therefore, among themselves, let us not rend it, but cast lots for it, whose it shall be, uh, that the scripture might be fulfilled, which saith, They parted my raiment among them, and from my vesture they did cast lots. These things, therefore, the soldiers did. So they part his raiment and divide it into four pieces and give to the four soldiers. But then they cast lots for his coat, right? which was a fulfillment of the prophecy there in Psalms 22. Uh, the fact that he was smitten upon his head with a reed and he was spit upon was prophesied in Isaiah 56. I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. Matthew 27 30. And they spit upon him and took the reed and smote him on the head. So there, there's Mike in his cheek, right? He's getting smut upon the head. He's getting spit upon. All right, that's what Isaiah 50, verse 6 prophesies about. Uh, prophesied that the people would despise him and wag their heads at him. In Psalms 22, 6 through 7, it says, But I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men, and despised of the people. All they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head. Uh, so they're shaking their head. They're mocking him. Psalms 109.25 I became also a reproach unto them when they looked upon me and they shaked their heads. So this is fulfilled in Mark 15.29 uh, It says, And they that passed by railed on him wagging their heads and saying, Ah, thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself and come down from the cross. So you see there they despised him, railed on him, and wagged their heads, right? Shaking their heads is what that is. Uh, so that part is prophesied. Uh, the very words that Jesus would say, uh, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Psalms 22, 1, it says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my reward? Right, and that's fulfilled in Mark 15, 34, where Jesus says, uh, Eli, Eli, Labni, Sabachthani, which is to be interpreted to my God, my God, but how's that forsaken me? Right, so those very words that he spoke uh, was prophesied. Him being thirsty and saying, I thirst, was prophesied. Psalms 22, 15, it says, My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws, and thou hast brought me into the dust of death. Right, so it's talking about thirst, right? Your tongue cleaving to your jaws. Uh, in John 19, 28, it says, After these things, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Right, so you see there, I thirst. Uh, verse 29, Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar, and put it upon hyssop, and put it to his mouth. So they gave him vinegar to drink in his thirst, uh, and it was prophesied that it would be vinegar that he was given. 
in Psalm 69, 21. They gave me also gall for my meat, and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. So not just that he would be thirsty, but the drink they would give him to quench his thirst was prophesied. Um, His piercing, right, of his hands, his feet, his side, uh, the crucifixion was prophesied. Uh, So the type of death he would die, this was prophesied. In Psalms 22, 16, for dogs have compassed me. The assembly of the wicked hath enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. Uh, so you know crucifixion is when they pierce your hands and your feet. John 19, 18 says, Where they crucified him and two other with him on either side, one, and Jesus in the midst. So they crucified Jesus. John twenty twenty five. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord, but he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, uh, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Alright, so you have there the prints of the nails in his hands and the piercing of his side. Right? Just as Psalms 22, 16 uh, spoke about. Uh, that no bone would be broken was prophesied. Psalms 34, 20. He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. The Passover lamb is a type of Christ, is a prophecy of Christ. In Exodus 12, 46, uh, they were commanded, In one house shall the Passover lamb be eaten. Uh, Thou shalt not carry forth aught of the flesh abroad out of the house, neither shall you break a bone thereof. Right, so the uh, Passover lamb, they couldn't break the bones. They were supposed to roast it whole. Uh, and that's a type of Christ, right? Shedding his blood, but no bones being broken. John 19, 32 through 36. It says, Then came the soldiers and break the legs of the first and of the other, which was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they break not his legs. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side and forthwith came there out blood and water. And he that saw it bear record and his record is true. And he knoweth that he saith true, that ye might believe. For these things were done, that the scripture should be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. Alright, so you see there, the scripture was fulfilled. That not a bone would be broken. And then lastly, or lastly that we will look at, is his resurrection. Alright, his resurrection was also prophesied. Uh, in Isaiah 53, 10, So the book that most people go to to talk about Jesus' death being prophesied, his resurrection is also prophesied in that very book. In verse 10 it says, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him, he hath put him to grief, when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. So you see there he's going to suffer, but also have prolonged days. Uh, verse 12, Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. So you see there, he's going to bear the sin of many, but yet he's going to have a portion with the great, right? which is a prophecy that he's going to live again. Right? He's not just going to die, but live again. 
uh, Psalm 110, verse 1. It says, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand, until I make thine enemies thy footstool. And that does not happen until after the resurrection. Mark 16, 19. It says, So then, after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat in the right hand of God. So this is after his resurrection, after he's appeared to his disciples. That's when he goes up and sits at the right hand of God. All right, fulfilling uh, that verse in Psalms 110, verse 1. Uh, Peter says the same thing in Acts 2. Verse 34, it says, For David is not ascended unto the heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand, until I make thy foes thy footstool. Right, so Peter here, uh, preaching the resurrection of Christ, uh, preaching that he was the Christ, the Messiah, again, showing how Jesus fulfilled prophecy. Right? That's how you prove Jesus was the Christ. Right? You do it from the scripture. Right? And all these prophecies that he fulfilled. Uh, so that's just ten surrounding his death. Right, in his crucifixion. Uh, there's more than that. Okay? Um, so you have all these prophecies, Jesus' whole life, his death, right? all this was prophesied, and that's what he came to do. Right? We talked about a lesson before when he said it is finished. That's what he was referring to. Right? He wasn't referring to his work for salvation because he was still alive when he said that. Okay? He hadn't died and resurrected. That's when that work was finished, was after he resurrected. When he says it is finished, he's referring to fulfilling all those prophecies. Okay? Um, and that's why afterwards, Luke 24, 44, he tells his disciples, this is what I told you. I had to come to fulfill all the things that were spoken of me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. Um, and so Jesus' whole ministry, right, his life, is called up in prophecy. Right? That's what he came to do in his earthly ministry. Um, his teaching concerns the law and the subject of prophecy. Right, proclaiming himself as Messiah, but also preaching the kingdom that was prophesied. In Mark 1, 15 through 16, uh, it says, After that John was put into prison, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, Repent ye and believe the gospel. Right, so that's what he preached. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Look at Matthew 13. You see Jesus throughout his ministry talk about the kingdom is like, right, or the kingdom of heaven is like unto. Right, what is he teaching? He's teaching the kingdom. Right, that's why he's saying it's like unto this, it's like unto that, so that they would know what the kingdom was like and how they ought to act in light of that. Uh, you see it here just in Matthew 13 alone. Um, you see it mentioned like six or seven times. Verse 24, uh, another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man uh, which sowed good seed in his field. Verse 31, another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. Verse 33, Another parable spake he unto them. The kingdom of heaven is likened to leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leavened. 
uh, verse 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to treasure hidden in the field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth and for joy thereof, goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. Verse 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. Uh, verse 52, then he said unto them, uh, Therefore, every scribe which is instructed to the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man that is a householder which bringeth forth out of his treasure things new and old. Right, so just this one chapter, he talks about the kingdom of heaven and examples of what it's likened to and how they are to act in light of that. Right, that's what the parables were about, uh, was the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 23, verse 1 through 3. It says, Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore, whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do, but do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. All right, this is very clear. Jesus is teaching the law. All right, those that sit in Moses' seat were the people that commanded the law. All right, they taught the law of Moses. He says, whatever they tell you to do and observe, you need to do it. All right, you need to keep the law, but don't do as they do because they say the law, but they don't actually do it. He's saying you need to actually do the law. Um, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 through chapter 7, uh, is all about the law and the kingdom. Look at verse 17 through 20. He says, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, Till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments, he shall teach men so. He shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of the heaven. Uh, Matthew 6, 10 through 12. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right, Praying for the kingdom to come. Uh, verse 14 through 15. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Right, totally different than what we have under grace. Right, what we have as members of the body of Christ being forgiven in Christ right through his blood. We're not forgiven based on how we forgive others, which is what Jesus is teaching here, uh, teaching out of the law. Uh, verse 31 through 33, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things did the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. All right, so don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink or where you're going to get your clothes. That's what he's teaching. All right, he's saying seek the kingdom, and I'll make sure you have those things. Not instruction for us today. All right, Paul says if you don't work, you don't eat. You have to think about where you're going to buy your next meal, and you've got to make sure you have the money to buy it. All right, uh, so you need to work a job and provide for yourself is the instruction. Uh, today. Matthew 7, verse 7 through 8. Uh, similar here. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. All right, you've heard this talk many times and probably were disappointed when you didn't get what you asked for. All right? Maybe you just didn't have enough faith. Uh, again, this is under the kingdom teaching. Those following after the kingdom. Right? They would ask for the right things, right? being followers of Jesus. Uh, verse 20 through 21, 
Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, uh, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. And then verse 24, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, 